Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. He is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. I am... Johnny the Gentile Profita. We are peddling fiction. What's going on, Justin? How you been, man? Not too bad. Not bad at all. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a weird Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was not really a thing. I was in this town called Boquete, which is like a little mountain town, sort of up in the hills in Panama. And Thanksgiving's not a real big thing there. There are a lot of expats that live there, a lot of old people, I guess, go to there to retire, which I get because it's gorgeous. Like just nature everywhere, jungles, mountains. It's, it's a cool little town. But <laughs> I went on a like a hike through the jungle. I saw a couple waterfalls, actually three waterfalls. And then ended up making my famous, soon to become famous, tortilla pizzas for dinner that's what we had for dinner for our, our thanksgiving that and some wine so they're actually better than they sound but yeah no turkey didn't didn't have a big meal in me from uh, after hiking for a few hours so we just sort of took it easy it was nice though got to uh talk to my family I hadn't talked to them in a while my sister my baby sister had her baby so i have another nephew I'm yet to met, uh, who I've yet to meet, but yeah, he was born a couple days ago, and uh, a little couple difficulties there, but it seemed to work out in the end. So I'll get to meet him. His, his name's Preston. Get to meet Preston, Preppy Preston, uh, around Christmas time, I guess. Nice, very nice. Yeah, pretty soon I'll have as many nieces and nephews as you have kids. <laughs> oh, you can only hope. What uh, what'd you end up doing? Yeah, so I went home to do some deer hunting for the week. Didn't uh, didn't have any luck in the hunting venture, but I hung out with a couple buddies of mine from high school and drank entirely too much. Uh, passed out in the yard of the guy's house that we were hanging out with. Uh, slept most of the day Thanksgiving. Woke up uh, long enough. Thursday afternoon to go hang out with my grandmother and uncle and eat a little bit of ham and some dressing and uh, chill with them for a while. And then uh, beyond that, I just kind of slept off having uh, drank way too much. I I figured out I cannot drink quite like I used to be able to, which is probably a good thing, but whew, it, uh, it took a lot longer to recover from that than I remember it. Uh, 
taking last time I, I did that with those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's hell getting old, man. What you got to do is start drinking down in Mexico, which we're going to be doing about two weeks from today or two weeks from yesterday uh, for the Sayulita Super Spreader. Never had a hangover in Mexico. A year and a half, almost two years now, going strong. And uh, yeah, I can drink whatever the hell I want, get very little sleep, and still feel like a million bucks in the morning. It's truly magical. A magical place, Sayulita Super Spreader. December 10th through the 12th. Tickets are still on sale. And if you use promo code REDBILL, R-E-D as in David, B as in boy, I-L-L, you get 10% off for the next couple of days. At the end of the month, that's going away and tickets will be back to full price. So there's our site, super spread plug. What else has been going on? I see that there's a new, very scary, very concerning, variant with a lot of mutations and we seem to have yeah. quite a few letters in the greek alphabet but we're on omicron right now very sounds very ominous it's scary super super ominous it's a uh, end of the world probably see i am extremely excited about this this new variant there was a there was a variant called mu that was making the rounds through Colombia and Ecuador back in August and September. And the Mu variant was effectively the same as what this Omicron is being kind of pitched as. It was a uh, highly mutated variant that avoids the vaccines. And at the time, it was even reported that there was at least one case of the Mu variant in every state in the United States. And, that was, and this was around you know, mid-September. So this thing has been around, but for whatever reason, and see, I called it at the time. I said, come, come cold and flu season, they're going to completely ignore the fact that Mu has been around for the last six months and has been kind of spreading and, and making its uh, mutations and progressions and growing in prevalence over the world. And they're going to use this as the new fear porn. And I'm, I'm feeling kind of like I called it a little bit because here we are with, and they, they skipped, they were going to call it new and then they skipped new and went to Omicron. And I was looking at an article about that earlier, but it didn't really uh, give a super, I, I don't know. It didn't give a great explanation as to why they skipped new and went straight to Omicron other than uh, the potential that the N-U spelling and the pronunciation of new made it sound like it's something that's new and it's not just a uh, variation. So there may have been some wording uh, reasoning, but it, it's really weird how, how many uh, variants or how many like of that Greek letters that got skipped over because we, we went alpha, beta, gamma, delta, and then just jumped half the alphabet to Omicron. Um, as if this thing hasn't been progressively mutating literally this entire time. Yeah. It, like we were talking about before we started recording, there is a new variant every six months. It, it just, it's almost like clockwork. Like when was the Delta variant raging through? Was it back in June or something? I mean, it Delta really picked up 
it was towards the beginning of the year was when it became kind of a thing that was getting talked about. And then it, uh, and, and it's the same with the alpha, beta, and gamma. They were already talking about beta and gamma as early as uh, August, September, October of 2020. So, and, and in fact, I think beta may have, beta may have come sometime in like June or July, and then gamma was around October, November. Um, so like these, they're, they're progressively mutating and adapting and changing as does an endemic virus, such as the flu, which I know you're not, you're not allowed to make the comparison of the flu and coronavirus, but the more this thing drags out, the more it looks like this is just the new flu that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. Um, so yeah, so then you had, you had beta sometime in like June of 2020, and then you had gamma that came around in, you know, near, near election time. And, and then you come out with the vaccine that was based off of alpha. And, and then you've got Delta that started to hit in uh, January, February, March of 2021. And they've just stuck to Delta literally ever since then. And they haven't talked about any of the other ones, which, I mean, that's, that's got to be by design, right? Like, there's no way they're just ignoring the fact that this thing keeps progressing and changing. When they're trying to push a vaccine down everybody's throat that's based off of alpha and that they claim works for delta like that's been the big thing the whole time is they claim that the vaccine works for delta there may be plenty of evidence that suggests otherwise but they can't start i don't know it feels like they can't start talking about other variants that may or may not that the vaccine may or may not work for because you've got alpha through delta that they claim the vaccine works for so if you're going to push the vaccine as safe and effective you have to only focus on the things that it's actually effective against. You can't talk about the continued mutations that it doesn't work for. Unless it's in the context of all these unvaccinated people that are causing the mutations, of course, which is just, I mean, there's as much of a compelling case, if not more so in my opinion, that these leaky vaccines that they've come up with are the reason why there's so many mutations in these variants, like this one, the big thing that I'm reading about that everybody's so concerned about is that this one's got 32 spike protein mutations. I think it's 32 or something. An insane number of those mutations. And then the ACE2 inhibitor has 10 and the Delta variant only had two or three or whatever. Um, to me, the, the case for leaky vaccines enabling these viruses to mutate to get around what the vaccine is is trying to prevent happening makes as much if not more sense to to my little lizard brain than just people who are, who have natural who've been building broad spectrum natural immunity to things causing all these variants i don't know well and there's a an article i was looking at from business insider Pfizer said it can update its covid-19 vaccine if the omicron variant is found to be resistant to the current vaccine the company said it can update its current vaccine within 100 days, and and the and Pfizer expects to know within two weeks whether the variant is resistant. Said a spokesperson or a spokesperson told Reuters. So, so within the next two or three weeks, <clears throat> Pfizer should know if Omicron 
uh, actually does avoid the current vaccine. And within 100 days, they should be able to update their current vaccine to be effective against Omicron. But if you look at the calendar, if it takes them another two weeks to figure it out, and then another 100 days on top of that to get the updated vaccine out, that'll be getting the updated vaccine out sometime mid to late March when cold and flu season is ended and it doesn't matter anyway. Right. And then we'll be another, you know, 60 to 90 days from the next variant, of course. And we're just going to keep doing this over and over and over again. There'll be a new variant and then a new vaccine, something or other. And, you know, I wonder how much longer people are going to go for this. I mean, how many more variants can there be before you just stop buying into the narrative? How, how many how many boosters are they going to keep pushing before people are like, okay, like I've had enough. I'm not going to keep boostering up or getting the next round or, or whatever. Uh, my, like I said, I got to hang out with my grandmother. She is 90 years old. She got, she got her first two rounds of the COVID vaccine because she's 90. Um, when, when we were hanging out on Thursday, she said, I got my first two shots. She said, I'm not getting any boosters though. I'm, I did what I would, I did what I thought I needed to do and I'm done. I'm not getting boosters. I'm not doing anything else. Like it is what it is and I'm getting on with life. <laughs> and then she had her a nice tirade about what a piece of shit Joe Biden is. And I, like, I, I love that woman. <laughs> that sounds like a fun Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, you know, that is the, the mentality of almost everybody I know that's gotten that, that voluntarily took the vaccine or so-called voluntarily like they did it for work They're like i'll do the one thing you know i'll take the two doses and then i want to go back to my normal life and of course they pulled the rug right out from under those people that all went out the window you still have to wear your mask you still have to do all these like stupid retarded rituals that they've come up with and in order to maintain your vaccine status you're still going to have to get your boosters and you know what i love about this variant is it's like you know it's always this time it's different like, oh, wait, wait. this isn't like the Delta variant. This one's much worse. And this one's got mutations. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, and like, this could be very concerning and we need to be very careful with this. And, you know, like I'll go way out on a limb and be like, no, it's not different than Delta. It's going to be pretty much exactly the same. This is how this is working. Um, every variant is going to come out and it's going to be maybe slightly more contagious, less deadly, uh, it's not going to be that big of a deal. <laughs> like, and you're going to freak out about it. The media is going to work you up into a tizzy. And then as soon as you come down off of that, you start getting comfortable with life again. Here comes another, you know, pick your Greek letter of the alphabet, the one that sounds more ominous than Omicron or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and here we go again. And how many times can they fucking do this to the American people? before before like the most ardent supporters of this whole COVID regime catch on. That to me is the, the million dollar question. Right. And like they continue to they continue to ignore everything that comes out during like I, I'm sure you remember it. Like when Delta was becoming prevalent, they talked about the different mutations of it. And 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 at the same time, like, you know, a year ago in June, June and November of last year, when beta and gamma were becoming more prevalent, they were talking about the different mutations and the way it was changing and how it was uh, 
how it was outpacing their ability to keep up with it in Europe and stuff like that. And like all of that stuff has just disappeared. Like the, they, they got their vaccine. They got the thing that they needed to push on everybody. And they stopped talking about any of those other things, because if you continue to run with the constant mutations, then it negates the need for this really super specific vaccine that is only going to be effective in a very small percentage of cases, which obviously it's been kind of proven that it's only effective in a very small percentage of cases, because if you look at the infection rates, people who are vaccinated are still getting infected just as frequently, if not more so than people who are unvaccinated. Like it's the first confirmed cases in uh, South Africa were in like fully vaccinated people, right? I think the first four cases, is that what I read? Yeah. It's like, and, and, but you know, they'll say that in, in the first sentence, like, oh, this like the first people that got this were fully vaccinated, but make sure you get vaccinated so that I don't even know what they say. <laughs> so that what? So that we don't have another mutation somewhere else down the line. I guess that's what they're hanging their hat on. That you've never seen a narrative just like completely fall apart right in front of your eyes so quickly and contradict itself like within the same sentence. They can't like they've got no answer for this, but they're they're still trying to freak everybody out and get them to take their vaccine and, and do all of the, the proper COVID regime regimen, but they don't have a reason for you to do it. And it's fascinating to watch them try to come up with something, come up with a new reason for why you need to do the things that haven't prevented the, the other things from happening. And and they keep they keep pushing forward with the with the mandate. Um, did you see the thing where Joe Biden had suggested by like uh, mid to late January requiring that any uh, anybody who's crossing state lines has to have a has to be vaccinated, which would include truck drivers? Like like if you want to start a truck driver strike, that's how you start a truck driver strike. Like push forward with that and watch the supply chain completely break because that that's that's where it'll break. I did not hear that, but who cares? We'll just have the National Guard do it. We got, we'll have the National Guard just start doing everything. Yeah, they're going to... They're going to be doctors, truck drivers. They're going to stretch. If they continue that, they're going to stretch the National Guard to the point of breaking, at, at which point, like, the National Guard doesn't have an infinite supply of people to do an infinite number of jobs. Like, they're going to run out of people to do this stuff. And you can't just keep putting people out of work uh, at infinitum and not have the entire economy just collapse as, as if they haven't kicked that fucking can far enough down the road that it's almost on the verge of collapse anyway. Right. Right. And there's something so weird, you know, I'm, I've been traveling, you know, to and from different countries for the last uh, year and a half or so. And, And there's just something so bizarre and just, idiotic to me about having to get a test when you're going from country to country and now they want to do state to state like you cross this magical line it's like oh now you need a test but you could drive you know take the state of illinois you could drive for nine hours and still be in that state and theoretically spread COVID everywhere but if you drive like 45 minutes north of chicago 
you cross a state line into Kenosha where, uh, where we just had all the Rittenhouse stuff, then you're going to need a, then you better have a COVID test. Like, what difference? Is there anything that illustrates how arbitrary and ridiculous these lines are that we draw on maps than um, having to get a test to enter some countries and not others? And isn't it funny that it's the the no borders uh, party that is suddenly really, really strict on borders. Like borders are a big thing and we need to be paying attention to these. Like we can't be, can't be crossing these state lines. Yeah. That was, and that was like the one thing when I flew between states, I was like, Oh, this isn't too bad. You know, you don't need a COVID test. You just do it. It's no big deal. Now they're going to fucking mandate that. It's just, hmm. I, <laughs> I don't know, man, driving across state lines is that, that would be, that would really be something. And uh, God, talk about not having any fucking cards to play with the supply issues we've already been having, the runaway inflation, the shortages that are coming. And now you're just gonna piss off the people that are supposed to be bringing us all the stuff that we need to survive. Well, it's like, I don't know what it is. Well, I don't know what it's like in like every industry, but, but like for my job personally, uh, we got a we got a newsletter sent out from the company president, and with updates on uh, the stay that had been put on by the sixth the sixth circuit courts out of um, Louisiana, Texas, that area, and then the whole all of the other lawsuits that have been brought up against the federal government because of the mandates, and that's been kicked up to the fifth circuit out of Ohio, I believe it is. Um, so we get we get regular company updates on that, and like our company has a pretty vested interest in this thing not becoming, um, like not becoming a an actual mandate because I, I believe it's forty three percent of our company employees are vaccinated, and in and that's worldwide, and in many locations here in the U S. it's less than thirty percent per location, uh, like. The place that I work at is one of, if not the largest facilities we have in the country, and I guarantee you we're well below thirty percent. Uh, I don't, I don't know anybody on my shift that's vaccinated. Uh, like if they were to implement that, and they're and they're all hardliners too. Like these are a bunch of redneck uh, folks that have no interest in doing this. So if it came down to it, I would lose my entire crew. Uh, like, like I've, they've already told me I will lose my entire crew, uh, if it became a, if it became mandatory, which that's fine because I'd be, I'd be going right along with them, but like our yeah. company would shut down and, and it's the same way for my wife's company, the, the job that she has, what she does, uh, they're well below 50% vaccinated in, uh, for theirs. And that's, and they take care of, like, they take care of people. Uh, so so you're gonna you're gonna tell me that over some vaccination mandate, they're going to put people who actually need care uh, without because the ones who are uh, who are the caretakers aren't are refusing to get vaccinated like that. That this whole thing would create so many more problems than what COVID in and of itself is. It, it's like it's fucking insane. There's there's no way they can push forward with it. I mean, they're going to continue to try to push forward with it, but I just don't see how it's viable. They're going to they keep testing us for weaknesses 
And this was actually a sort of a topic that came up on last night's happy hour, which we did. I think I went for like four, a little over four hours with, with everybody last night. I'm a little tired today, but it's a lot of fun. And if you want to become a part of our happy hour group, you just have to become a supporting listener of the show by going to pedalinfictionpodcast.com and setting up a recurring monthly donation. You can join us every other Friday for the uh, for the best happy hour of your life. Except, you know, we're not going to have one two weeks from yesterday because that will be the Sayulita Super Spreader VIP happy hour. But after that, we'll resume our normal schedule. But anyway, uh, one of the things that we were talking about that was kind of a white pill is that everyone that's trying to enforce these mandates, they're going to keep testing us for weaknesses and they do have a good amount of power over our lives just because of the, you know, what we've sacrificed in terms of power over to government so far, but they don't have, um, they don't have the resolve that we have. Like people that have not taken the vaccine at this point are not going to take it. Like you would have to physically hold them down at gunpoint and inject them with something against their will. They're not just going to capitulate anymore. You're not going to get us to keep bending over. It, the, the, the line's been drawn in the sand and we have much more resolve. And we are in, is it like, we're actually in critical, um, what do they call them? Position, the necessary workers or whatever. Oh yeah. The, uh... Yeah. If you thought your fucking pizza delivery guy was necessary, wait till the truck delivery guy quits his job over over you trying to force some sort of medication in something. That was, that was yeah. One. All all the essential workers are the ones who uh, the ones who worked through all of COVID and are still out there still working. They're the ones who are the most resistant to getting this vaccine. Like the people who have been working through the whole thing and keeping these supply lines going, they're the ones who don't want to get the vaccine. So as soon as you start uh, basically axing those people for their uh, hesitancy or refusal or whatever you want to call it, then you're going to really see where the supply lines break. Then you're going to really see where the essential workers were in this whole thing. And and that's when things get real sketchy. Uh, Personally, I kind of look forward to it. I think it'll be fun and amusing. And, uh, you know, as somebody who has the the means and the knowledge to provide for myself and my family and, and take care of our needs without relying on traditional supply chains, uh, I think it'll be great. But it's going to be kind of ugly for anybody not in a similar position, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of people, like we talked about in the last episode we did, where it's just like, they're going to put you to a decision where it's like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to make a tough choice. And I mean, anybody that's choosing, you know, chooses to provide for their family over, you know, take the vaccine, I I totally get that. But, man, do whatever you can to, like, the writing is on the wall for what they're going to try to do. And it's going to be much easier to resist uh, if you if you're able to have alternative streams of income and mobility and, and things like that. Because you know some of the other things that we were uh, talking about discussing on today's show, like that that article we had where they're starting to think that these vaccines might be um, 
inhibiting your like anti-cancer genes and anti-cancer cells in your body. Like, do you have that article handy? I don't want to get the terminology wrong on that. It's been like a week since I read it. But long story short, I guess, is like this, these, uh, these vaccines could potentially be killing off the cells that you have that sort of like prevent cancer from spreading. And yeah, so here's the, 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 the vaccines contain this spike protein, uh, S1 and S2. And they've investigated the interaction of the S2 subunit to tumor suppressor in the cell cycle related proteins. And it, yeah, to kind of summarize a fairly long article with graphs and stuff, uh, basically what it looks like is this S2 spike protein actually prevents um, tumor suppression in cells. So, so it, it hurts your body's ability to fight off cancer like naturally. So, so, uh, you know, and, and that's interesting because I don't know about, I don't know about you, but over the last three to four months, I have been hearing a lot more about people being diagnosed with cancer. Um, and be that because they were unable to get treatment during COVID, uh, because if it wasn't COVID, then the hospitals just were refusing to see patients for anything other than COVID. Or if it is a vaccine-related thing, uh, I know I personally, especially here in this area, have been hearing a lot more about people being diagnosed with cancer over the last three, four months. Uh, so kind of, kind of interesting to to see this sort of you know this sort of research uh, coming out around the same time. And and yeah, and I'll I'll send the uh, the link back to you that way. Make sure it goes in the show notes so people can actually look at it and, and see what we're talking about. But yeah, it is pretty interesting to yeah, to look at. Yeah, nothing's been like confirmed or anything, but like these are the questions that need to be raised that don't get the attention that they deserve. And these are you know the, the cancer thing was one of the issues that most libertarians identified as some of the unforeseen consequences of these lockdowns and the whole approach to COVID as if there were no other things to worry about on the face of the earth other than catching this virus for the, you know, for all of 2020. Um, yeah, suicide, increase, cancer, all these preventable things that, that uh, people were not able to get their appointments. And, and you know, we, we kind of alluded to this, uh, well, I talk about it constantly on the show, but it's like, it's so much of what government does, you cannot see the effects of it immediately. It's all, you always have to look down the line at to what, you know, it's like, it's almost like the seen versus the unseen, like Frederick Bastiat, you know, you, you, you can, it's easy to point to people that get COVID or cured from COVID or, you know, um, or saved because we did these lockdowns, I guess, maybe you could point to something like that. But what about all the collateral damage as a result of these government policies? And what about all these problems that we could be facing five, six years down the road that we, you know, we're sacrificing our future for, you know, so we don't get sick for a couple of weeks today. And man, that that is so like 
indicative of what government does. You know, here's a huge problem. We're not going to actually deal with it. We'll put a Band-Aid over it for now. We'll make everybody feel good. You know, it makes you feel good to get the vaccine and put your mask on. You think you're doing something. You think you're helping. But at what cost? And then you look down the line. You know, now, the, now we're starting to see the inflation rear its ugly head. And, you know, you're paying 40, 14% more for your Thanksgiving dinner and all that shit. But the, the worst, you know, the, the shoe has not dropped on this, you know, the other shoe. And the worst is probably yet to come. And they're going to be able to sort of obfuscate the effects of, of their policies because, you know, it's going to be several years down the line before a lot of these things actually materialize. And speaking of it being several years down the line before we actually know what's going on with any of this stuff, the FDA asks a federal judge to grant it until the year 2076 to fully release Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine data. There you go. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, I, I can't even believe they have the balls to ask for that. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're going to need 55 years to tell you, you know, all of this data that you're looking for, what was going on in these trials. We already knew that a lot of shady shit was going on, and they want to put it off till basically everybody's dead. Everybody that was alive now is going to be dead then. Anybody that could act, was actually paying attention. Um, oh, God, it's so unbelievable. Yeah, the FDA asked the judge to let it produce the 329 plus thousand pages of documents Pfizer provided to the FDA to license its vaccine at the rate of 500 pages per month, which means its production would not be completed until any earlier than 2076. So, so they want to put this stuff out like 329,000 pages of documents that, that Pfizer produced, 500 pages per month. Stresses it out to 2076. And, yeah. and there's like uh, just the first 91 pages were pretty damning. Like uh, there's there's quite a bit of information on just the initial 91 pages that were released by Pfizer of their research and stuff. Uh, and like this is this is just like quick numbers. In the first two and a half months following the EUA, Pfizer received a total of 42,086 reports containing 158,893 events. Most of these were uh, disproportionately involved women. And uh, let's see, 25,957 of these events were classified as nervous system disorders. That, that's the first two and a half months of research that Pfizer collected after the, the, the EUA. And do, does it say whether or not these have to be consecutive pages or can they just pick ran, like 50 random pages and dump them all at once? See, I would assume they can just dump whatever they want and they can stretch it out, uh, just, you know, put out the stuff that is not as damning and then release the rest of it after everybody's already fucking dead. Yeah. Or, you know, on a... Because I don't see anything that indicates... Some other big event, start looking for the Pfizer... FDA page release, you know, some event that just seems too stupid, but it's captured the, the attention of the American people. Look for whatever they're dropping that week and uh, and, and start digging through it because they are going to try to bury a lot of shit. But my God, 50. <laughs> I, I'm surprised they don't just dump it all at once. Like 
just dump the 300 and some odd thousand pages and hope nobody has the the um resolve to go through it all but yeah it's a hot topic now i don't know how hot it's going to be in like six or seven years uh when we're on our 85th variant as the guy who sat and watched the entire eight-hour FDA panel about boosters, I will uh, 100% go through all 329,000 <laughs> pages if they dump it. Uh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit too committed at this point, but man, like it, if I can make it through a whole eight hours of uh, an FDA booster panel, I think I can. I think I can go through that's the. I may, I may die before I get through the entire 329,000 pages, but I'll. I will put every ounce of effort I've got into going through it and finding whatever I can find to say, look at this motherfucker. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't even know what kind of effect that would have on most people just don't seem interested. They've, they've bought into this. They've, they've got way too much of their identity and their lives invested in it where it's going to take a hell of a lot, like a hell of a lot to, to change their minds on this. And, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it takes. Like how, like I asked at the beginning of the show, like how many more times do they have to see the same, you know, the same football that Charlie Brown keeps fucking missing? How many times are they going to take a swing at that and have what's her face pull the, the football out from under? Well, and like for me, that was, that was kind of demoralizing about the, the FDA booster panel was if you, especially if you went and watched and listened to the last three hours of that, the FDA panel itself went hard at all of the Pfizer reps. Like they ripped them a new one. They took all of their, their data, their research that, that the Pfizer reps were presenting and they ripped it to shreds and just like, I mean, they went up one side and down the other of those guys and it was, it was ugly. And then three weeks later, they approved the boosters. Like, so what was the fucking point of that to begin with? Like, like obviously the FDA panel, nothing, like nothing changed in that three weeks because when they were talking about it, Pfizer and all of the researchers and everybody were saying it will be two to three months before they would actually have good data that they would know anything with all of this stuff that they were talking about. And then three weeks later, they approved the boosters. So like, it doesn't even matter. Like it just, that was, that, that's, that's what, like killed me was to listen to the FDA panel, ask all the right questions, absolutely grill these guys and get it right. And then three weeks later to just throw all that out and approve it anyway. Like what's the fucking point? Right. Well, they got their, they got their grandstanding on the record. Like all of these politicians do when they're grilling somebody in front of Congress and they end up, you know, reading the Patriot Act or whatever it is. Maybe after a small donation from Pfizer, I don't, you know, who knows exactly what's been going on behind all these doors. But have you seen the money, the like, how many trillions it is that Pfizer is expected to have made by this time next year? Or it might not even, uh, it might have been by the end of uh, like March or April. It was like, I don't remember seeing totals, but it was like a thousand dollars a second or something. Yeah, there was uh, more than a few trillion is what they're expected to have made by like end of first quarter 2022. I mean, it was fucking nuts. Yeah, and and it doesn't seem to bother anybody, especially you know the 
the the left, the politically, you know, left-leaning that are supposed to be, you know, anti-big pharma, anti-corporation, pro, you know, health care, individual rights and things like that. They don't see, and, and they, first of all, they just hate profits to begin with. Um, none of this seems to bother any of them or cause, cause them to question just a little bit. Hey, maybe there's like an ulterior motive here. Maybe, maybe I should take a step back and, and really think about this and, and think about the big picture. It's not just, you know, take the vaccine so you don't have, you know, so you can go across state lines or something like that. Like there's something else at play here. And uh, maybe it's not as, as selfless as you think you're just like protecting the world from the next variant. Well, and like now Merck has their uh, I, their ivermectin pill that's been approved. Like it, I mean, effectively, that's what it is. It's it's the human version of ivermectin in pill form that already exists, that is already off of uh, off copyright or, or off trade or whatever you want to call it, that can be produced for absolutely nothing and costs the consumer absolutely nothing. Well, now Merck has their own version of it that's specifically branded for COVID, even though there's really uh, scientifically, there's no difference between it and the already existing ivermectin pill, but they can put it on brand because it's for COVID and they can sell it for whatever markup they want to and make another couple billion off of it instead of it, you know, being affordable for the average consumer. I, I mean, and, and that's, that is the name of the game for the American medical system. Right. Which is basic. I mean, it's just like a fascist thing now. Like they're just completely wed the uh, big corporations with a gigantic government. And Bernie Sanders is going to get out there and rail against record uh, pharmaceutical profits and, and think that it's like, you know, oh, we need to be able, you know, we need to like get Medicare for all. Like that's the problem has nothing to do with all these fucking mandated vaccines you're shoving down everybody's throat. Right. Oh, God. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. And, you know, we keep, we keep seeing all of these signals, like the, the whole cancer thing that we talked about briefly, that, you know, none of that has been, like, peer-reviewed or confirmed or anything. It's just like, hey, maybe we should look into this. And then you see like, oh, here's like 26 more cases of heart inflammation linked to the Pfizer thing. And it's like, oh, um, there's an unusually large number of soccer players that are just collapsing on the field, like young, healthy. I mean, soccer players are probably the most um, like cardiovascularly prepared athletes that I can think of other than somebody that just like runs marathons. Or so they're running up and down this huge field kicking a ball looks really easy to me. I still feel like I could pretend to be a professional soccer player and I could get by without anybody really knowing. The, the average viewer would not know that I wasn't playing soccer like my entire life. I think you I have the little wispy beard, so you could probably get away with it. Yeah, you run around a little bit, you kick the ball, and then you fall down and act like you broke your ankle or something when somebody breathes on you. <laughs> um. But, you know, we, we've been talking about this. Uh, we were talking about it last night with the, uh, the happy hour crew. There's a huge list of these footballers, soccer players, who have just like either just collapsed, completely collapsed on the field during the game or died. Like they're just dropping dead. And nobody seems to have an answer why. 
Um, we have a couple of interesting theories, but I mean, what else has changed over the last year or so that would call like that would explain this outlier? Oh God, sorry for all the road noise, by the way. I have, I have, of course, I've, I've picked the loudest goddamn street from my Airbnb here. I'm back in Panama City for a couple of days. Before I just I keep waiting. Up. I just keep waiting to hear the wreck. Like, don't give me all the honking without the payoff of the wreck at the end. You know? Yeah. No, the street is so slow. They're they're just not moving. So they just sit out there and they lean on their fucking horns. And then and then tonight there's. Does a, that do any good for anybody? Like, I'm. I don't know. I've never been one to to lean on my horn. Like I, I might hold the gun out and take a couple shots in the air and see if that gets people moving, but the horn never seems to accomplish anything. No, it's not like there's just somebody sitting there that like fell asleep and the intersection's wide open. It's like a huge traffic jam. And I don't know what what you want, what you expect to get out of honking on your horn in that situation. And then of course. I'm also right across from like a rooftop bar that just pumps nightclub music till 2 30 in the morning on the weekends and i'm here friday saturdays sundays so last night they wrapped up at 2 30 i'm expecting about the same and then at about 7 a.m they just start banging against the fucking dumpster outside honking their horns so a little sleep deprived <laughs> my, my thoughts might be all over the place but uh what was oh we're talking about the soccer players What's going on with all of these soccer players dropping dead at the age of like 33? Yeah, like the people who and so I was looking at another list as well. And it's not just not just soccer players, like soccer players seems to be pretty high on the list, which is weird because you know those would be the ones who seem to be the most uh cardiovascularly prepared for literally anything, you know, the guys who just run all day every day. Um, but there were also some other lists that a lot of like bodybuilders, it seems like uh, young men with large or, you know, high muscle mass, they tend to also be having uh, just sudden cardiac arrest and stuff like that. Um, and I was looking at a, an article that talks about the, the long list of young vaccinated athletes coming down with heart problems and cardiac arrest in Germany. Uh, like, and the list the lists on these are crazy. And it, it's like high school, college, and professional athletes, especially young men who are just dropping dead for no apparent reason. Like otherwise, 100% completely healthy, had the vaccine, and now they're just dying. Like in the middle of, in the middle of a sporting event or something too. Like it, it how long can this drag out? before it starts actually getting mainstream attention. Because like the really crazy thing about all of this is none of these articles are being reported by MSNBC, CNN, even Fox. Like this is all stuff that's being reported on uh, like blogs and like smaller uh, like media outlets. This is not, this stuff isn't getting any mainstream attention not, and not even from the ones you would expect, like, you know, like Fox or something like that. Like this yeah, well, and what's interesting about it, as far as I know, it seems to be happening almost exclusively with like European athletes on the other side of the pond. And, and so one of the things that we were, you know, theorizing about last night was that 
the because uh, like why aren't American athletes just dropping like basketball players? Why aren't they just like collapsing on the floor? They're running up and down. They're you know they've in theory they've all been vaccinated and everything, but you know we are fucking Americans, and I don't think I think we are still a lot more hesitant to be trusting government like all these fucking European pussy soccer players who are like true believers in this vaccine and all this stuff. And especially like the, uh, you know, the African-American community, very, very hesitant and justifiably so to just be taking government medicine at the, at the behest of our wise overlords in Washington. And so one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, maybe all these athletes aren't actually getting vaccinated and they're just paying off their fucking doctors to say that they vaccinated them or they got the, you know, they just get, give them a, a placebo so that they can say that they've been vaccinated, but they actually haven't, which is why you're only seeing all of these European athletes drop dead of all these uh, vaccine side effects, if it is the vaccine. Well, like most of the, like you're saying, you're not really seeing it in professional or collegiate athletes here in the U.S. Uh, most of the athletes who are having uh, like heart issues and stuff like that, that are, that are dying here in the U S are high school, uh, athletes. So, um, you know, they're, you know, uh, they're the ones who wouldn't be able to get away with it. Like, like when, when I was involved with collegiate athlete or collegiate athletics, uh, we were required to get a flu shot every year. I've never had a flu shot in my life. I signed that piece of paper and, I, uh, I technically, as far as the school was concerned, I got my flu shot every year, but I, I never got one and nobody ever questioned me about it. So, you know, there is a certain level of ability to get away with it on, on that level. And like you said, I mean, it was to say that the professional athletes aren't just paying off their doctor to be like, yeah, go ahead and uh, stamp that card for me and let me move on with it. Yeah. Like all the, all the, uh, infuriation over, Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated. How many how many uh, NFL players were sitting around like look at giving each other the side eye like hopefully they don't check to see if we're actually vaccinated. Like if he was smart about it, he would have just lied and gotten somebody to stamp his car like we did instead of instead, instead of coming of, right out and saying it. And and the, yeah, that was another thing that came up was there like we don't like we're almost positive that there's so many of these athletes that aren't vaccinated that are pretending to be or they're at least just like sitting on the sidelines and letting people like Aaron Rodgers or uh, Cole Beasley, like sort of take the heat for, for taking a stand against this and like just how fucking cowardly that is. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they'll, they'll hold all of the same approved opinions for the things that won't make them unpopular with the, the corporate press and, and Hollywood, you know, they'll, they'll they'll take the knee they'll they'll be black lives matter all that stuff but when it comes to taking an unpopular position all of a sudden their uh their spine turns into jellyfish and uh there, there's something very frustrating about that especially if we are correct in our theory that they're just paying off these doctors and not taking these vaccines i mean if that's the case come out and fucking stand with the the rest of these guys that are t that are coming out and taking the unpopular position. I mean, there's nothing, it takes no courage whatsoever to comply or to pretend to comply and, and sort of hide in the shadows and let other people take all the, the slings and arrows for you. Um, and it's just, it's just so, um, 
I guess like another example of it would be, I was doing this tour, I mentioned I like hiked to a waterfall and Panama, Panama City is super masky. 100% of people are wearing masks all the time. Every man, woman, and child. The, the town I was in was not that bad, but it was pretty close. And so everybody's got their mask on except me. And, uh, and we're, we're standing outside. And the first thing like the, the tour guide says is like, oh, you know, like you guys don't have to wear your masks for this. And like, there weren't that many people. It was like seven or eight people or something in the group. And just, oh, everybody's just like, oh, thank God. And they, just, they all just took their masks off and like breathed a sigh of relief because nobody wanted to go hiking through the fucking jungle up to these waterfalls. Uh, or no, this is a hanging bridge tour. Same, di- whatever, same difference. But everybody was like overwhelmingly relieved that they didn't have to have to wear their mask the entire time. And I was already sitting there without my mask on, like trying to lead by example, be like, listen, we're outside. Like you can take your mask off. It's fine. And as soon as they got the green light, then everybody was like fine with it. And how many people are just going around putting their mask on because that's what you're supposed to do, even though it's completely ridiculous. And they're just too afraid to suffer the, the dirty looks and the, you know, being ostracized from polite society or whatever. They're just doing it to fit in and it drives me crazy. Polite society is highly overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's getting a lot worse too. My God. Not, not all that polite anymore. No, no, not, not if you um, aren't in lockstep with all of their crazy, just, their crazy agenda man oh my god it just keeps going (laughs) you know you see these like old uh episodes of like simpsons or uh like family guy or south park and you're like how could they have like made fun of exactly what's happening like 10 15 years ago i was just thinking i was like well they just they saw what we were doing and they came up with the most ridiculous retarded extreme example just to be funny and it turned out that we got there like that's where we are now it wasn't that they were like this is actually going to happen they were just trying to make a joke about it like look how ridiculous this could be and then we we went there in some cases and in other cases we've been, we've gone past that with with all of it with all the woke stuff and the, the transgender bathrooms and hormones and mask mandates you name it we are uh we're we're surpassing south park in insanity like faster than you can come up with episodes let's like there was a meme a while ago that was uh said like brave new world and and 1984 were meant to be uh were meant to be fiction not the playbook right yeah yeah you wonder if it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy or something when, when you write these stories but man it's it, it really is a, a wild time to be alive uh, yeah how much time we got left here might be coming might be about time to wrap did we cover everything i think we covered everything we had uh, initially talked about if you wanted to do my little uh fact check section I could ah, do, yeah, yeah. Real, real. do the fact check all right so I used to work in plastics for a while and I happened to come across this article that talked about um, it's your plastic recyclables are getting shipped overseas, not made into shiny new products, which is very true. Uh, it is actually a lot cheaper to for all of the uh, recycling nuts 
it is a lot cheaper for your plastic recycling to end up on a ship going to some Southeast Asian country where it gets dumped in a river and ends up flowing out into the ocean as opposed to actually going through a recycling center and being properly cleaned and ground and packaged and sent out to recyclers who turn it into a new product. Uh, so, but one of the top things that they talk about for the way you can address this issue is to stop using single use plastic items. The, and I really wanted to touch on that specific part of this because most single use plastic items are already made from multiple times recycled plastic material. Okay. And they, they are effectively completely biodegradable, like plastic straws, plastic bags, uh, stuff like that. Like that stuff is literally one step from returning to dirt. So the stuff that they think is going to really cut out on plastic, uh, like really major plastic, uh, like trash accumulation over the world. That's the, that's the stuff that doesn't um, amount to jack shit anyway. Like, and the really big problem is has nothing to do with consumers. It is not me and you. It is not the average listener. It is these giant pharmaceutical companies and the plastic products that they use that just go in the dump. They don't even try to recycle this stuff. Like, Okay, that's beautiful. Isn't it though? Like, Wait, so what what it's not like the plastic pill bottles that you get when you get a prescription filled is it yeah That's stuff like that um yeah there's a, there's a lot of medical grade plastic that because medical grade is extremely uh it's extremely highly regulated so there's not a whole lot of recycle that goes into it and the amount of recycle that goes into it is very very highly regulated so a lot of that stuff just gets trashed because they won't they won't recycle it because it has to because be it is so heavily regulated like if they actually wanted to make plastic recycling a and it's not like the stuff isn't going to meet spec but the the federal regulations that are put on the recycling centers that are cleaning and grinding the the plastics to be used in recycle the way that stuff is regulated makes it virtually impossible. So it's not a consumer problem. It's a bureaucracy problem. And it's a like massive corporations that aren't willing to put forth the effort to do it because there is so much bureaucracy and so many loopholes involved in it that are, uh, you know, so many hoops to jump through involved in it, that it's just not in any way profitable or effective or efficient to do it. They, isn't it funny how the root of most of our problems comes back to some bureaucratic nightmare bullshit that if if there was a little less regulation and maybe a little more common sense, we might actually be able to do things efficiently. But here we are. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> you can literally take any topic and trace it back to a, a government program, a government regulation that you know, some people think was like well-intentioned and just, you know, had these unintended consequences and other people maybe think are a little more nefarious. I guess it doesn't matter either way that the end result is the same. And 
yeah, it's, it, it just never stops. And because they're fucking literally involved in every aspect of our lives down to like, do you remember when they were doing the, um, the whole Brexit thing? And there was like this video, I don't know if you saw this, it was like, they were trying to illustrate how much like, uh, EU regulation went into like every item in this like British guy's house. And so he got up and like, they were like identifying everything. Like this is like regulated by this agency and this and this and this literally every object in his apartment from the second he got out of bed, like brushing his teeth and eating breakfast had like layers and layers and layers of bureaucracy involved in it and it adds to the cost and it adds to the you know all of the all this other shit the the, the cost of disposing of it the cost of creating it and it's, it's just everywhere it, it, it's growing like a fucking cancer and it's it, again like like i was talking about earlier it's hard to it's hard to point it out to people because it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker you can't just be like wear a mask take the damn vaccine. You have to like sit down with somebody and kind of like go through 10 or 15 minutes worth of stuff to, to get them to the point where they can kind of see, oh, okay, I get it now. And that's just like impossible to do with, with anybody, uh, especially on like social media or the internet or some 120 characters, whatever Twitter gives you. It's, um, it's what they bank on. And so, yeah, it, it looks like you know, the, oh, these plastic straws are like killing all the fucking turtles or whatever. And all these people are just dumping them in the ocean. But eh, turns out not quite as simple as that. Like so many other things they can, they can point to a, to somebody else, but in the end it is always and forever the government at fault. Always. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we should probably get out of here on that. Cause, uh, you know, I think my ride's here. <laughs> <laughs> They've been waiting for you for a while. Yeah, that's what all the honking is. It was an Uber I ordered like an hour ago. I'm just sitting out there beeping. <laughs> yeah, I got to run some. I was going to try to go see the um, the Panama Canal today, but now it's pouring rain. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like, okay, canal, I get it. Some engineering feat that the French had to abandon, shockingly. But <laughs> you know, it's because of mosquitoes, I heard. Like the mosquitoes were too bad, which I get. I get a lot of mosquito bites. But the French had just, I guess, gotten done with the whole Suez Canal thing. And then they thought they were going to do the Panama Canal. And it turned out to be a lot harder than they thought. And they were getting eaten alive by all these bugs. And so they abandoned it. And that, that's probably why the French gave up on New Orleans and Louisiana as well. Cause it, I mean, that's just bug central. Yeah. Bunch yeah. Of pussies. That's right. And so America had to come in and finish the job as usual. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'll, maybe I'll be doing that later today. I know my, uh, my old man is like really, really wants a full report on all the locks and stuff from the canal. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah. Thank you all so very much for listening. Hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving. Let's see, we'll probably be back. Where am I going to be? Uh, let me look at the calendar here. I'm going to be in Guatemala on Tuesday. So, yeah, I'll try to find, I'll, we'll probably do one episode next week. Hope it'll be a little quieter than this here right now. <laughs> we should have wrapped Every time, you, every time <laughs> you mention it, it gets infinitely louder. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Get your Sayulita Super Spreader tickets. You got two, maybe three more days to get your 10% off and join us down there in two weeks for the Libertarian Extravaganza of the Year. Going to be a great time. Justin's going to come, even though he says he's not. We're going to talk him into it. He's got to come now that he's co-hosting. I can't do it. I can't do it alone. If you guys can do all that for us, we will be back sometime next week from an undisclosed location in Guatemala with a brand new episode for you. And until then, know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.